On the Tech Night Out Live this week, we'll be featuring Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And a little bit later, we'll hear from our old friend Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. So together, it's going to make a great show. The Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> so before we started our conversation with Adam Inks, he was busy consuming his lunch. <laughs> he was wolfing it down. And my response was, forget about that. I do a bad imitation of that. My favorite werewolf sound comes from the Warren Zevon recording, Werewolves of London, which I think he kind of made up as he did the song. It sounds that way. You never know. I, I will say, who knew that wolves liked leftover pizza so much? Is that it? What kind of pizza? Uh, let me think. Um, he just ate the pizza he forgot. Well, see, I, it's a pizza I made, so I had to think about it. So it was uh, um, mushroom, onion, and pepperoni. Very tasty. Mushroom, onion, pepperoni. And pepperoni. Does wonders to your breath. <laughs> well, that's what we're using Skype for. <laughs> you see, I don't have to smell it. I just have to listen. Yeah, you know, I'll have a meatball pizza. Mm. I'll have a sausage pizza. I'll have a yep. cheese pizza. That's the problem when you're making your own pizza. You make the kind of pizza that you got the stuff in the fridge for. Do you make it from scratch or you buy something that you warm up? Yeah, make it from scratch. You're kidding. No, that's what bread makers are for. They make pizza dough really well. Ah, but you don't have the same kind of oven they have in a pizza restaurant, though. No, we have a pizza stone, which does pretty well, but we do not have a full-bore pizza oven, it's true. So is there a picture out there on YouTube of you tossing the pie? <laughs> No. And, and actually, it turns out a lot of people really don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I can do it. I have done it in the past, but a rolling pin actually works a lot better. So when you see people do that, that's just a shtick. It's, it's a bit of a show, yeah. No, I think that when you're, when you're doing it, producing them in, in bulk at a pizzeria, you probably, and particularly behind the scenes, you probably just roll them out fast. So will there be a take control book on how to make pizza? Probably not, given that our Thanksgiving dinner book was not a huge bestseller. That's kind of sad. Not that we'd ever make a Thanksgiving dinner. I think that goes back a generation or two with a lot of families. I think a lot of people, you know, have traditions like that, but more and more people don't have the time. They go to a restaurant, like the local Boston market, not so local, it's a 20-minute drive away. They make a perfectly serviceable and affordable Thanksgiving dinner. Well, we, we sort of ran into with that book that we think is that our audience tends to be, well, frankly, adults. People who either have not going to cook Thanksgiving dinner because they've done it before and don't need to do it again, or they are going to cook it and they know exactly what they do. So the kind of the, the 
target market for that kind of book would be younger people who are doing their first Thanksgiving dinner and are really at sea. They have to do it. They want to do it. But they at best have watched before. And uh, and they don't have like a parent or something to bring in there or some crazy uncle to show them how to do it. Well, the problem is Thanksgiving dinner is the sort of thing you got to start well in advance. So even if you do have a relative coming over that day to help, that's too late. If you didn't know to defrost the turkey for like three or four days beforehand, your turkey is frozen solid. Okay, so basically you have to have the parents stay for a few days. So if you have a problem with the mother or the mother-in-law or something like that, <laughs> give it up. There, there are other problems. As I said, it, it was a great book, a truly fabulous book, and it still is. Thanksgiving dinner does not change. But it is one of those books which did not prove to be one of our top sellers. Sorry to hear about that. Well, you know, Joe Kissel has his own little publishing combine on the side, so maybe he'll try to resurrect it. Let's look into our topic of this week's episode. The first thing I want to ask about, and I've asked other people about this, maybe you can explain the logic behind Alphabet from Google. So this is kind of a corporate reorganization. Yeah, that's easy, actually. So Google does a lot of things. You know, we hear all sorts of things that that Google has their fingers in. They have Google Fiber in, what, 10 cities now, something like that? Kansas City, I don't know, someplace in Texas. I haven't looked into it because none of of them are here. Austin, as a matter of fact. Austin, yeah. That's a really cool thing that they're doing. They have the self-driving car. They have Google Ventures, which actually, you know, invests in other companies. They have the Nest uh, thermostat. They bought Nest uh, a while back. These are very different businesses from where Google actually makes all their money, which is in advertising on search. All of Google's money really comes from search advertising, and that's fine. They're a bit of a one-trick pony, but many companies are one-trick ponies. And so other of these ventures that they've got, Google Fiber, for instance, spend a ton of money. It costs boatloads of money to put in Fiber. And it's a long play. It's not something that Google anticipates earning that money back on right away. And again, perfectly valid business plan. The problem is, is when you mix the two of them, you confuse your financial results. Because you've got some businesses like the search business, which are going gangbusters, you're making tons of money, looks great for investors, all of that. And then you've got other businesses, which are just a total drain on your resources at the moment, but are a good long-term play. And so by creating Alphabet and sort of breaking everything out, Google separates that out much more clearly so that when they report results, they can just say, look, we're doing really well here. These businesses are doing, well, actually, they've said we're not even going to break out the other little ones because they all look bad. They're all long plays or sort of weird, you know, other kinds of businesses. And it's not the sort of thing that people are buying stock in. Let's really really cut to the chase, though, here. And that is, has Google ever made a lot of money from anything other than search? No, they don't have to. That's their business. So all this other stuff is like a hobby. I mean, obviously, we see the value of Android in the sense of driving more traffic towards Google products and services, of course, the Google Play Store. But Microsoft earns royalties from Android because of certain patents. Maybe. I I wasn't aware of that, but I don't think that's a major major drain on Google. I mean, it doesn't cost Google anything, but it costs Samsung something. Uh, It costs HTC something. It costs all these companies. In fact, it was a lawsuit, as I recall, 
over Samsung not paying mm. their license fees. So it may well be here that Microsoft is very happy that Android's around because they get the license fees. I'm always a little surprised when people are concerned that Google only makes money on on search because it doesn't I mean if you look at the search engine world there's Google and then there's Bing. Um and Bing sort of runs Yahoo, so that's any, anyone who searches via Yahoo is using Bing. So you've got a situation where Google is some vast percentage of the market. I mean, when we look at our search results, because we're not, it's a little bit different if you're, you, you're mainly Windows users who are, you know, like just going with default stuff, because that Bing will pop up more clear, clearly there. But, you know, when I look at the search results on our, they hit our site, it's like 95% Google. And so the, you know, and then you, you hear about DuckDuckGo, you know, the, private, the, the privacy search engine. And DuckDuckGo is several orders of magnitude smaller than Google. I mean, exponentially smaller. And so, you know, search is not one of those things which is going away. And, and so when you look at Google's results, they're making money hand over fist. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's what they do. But what I find interesting about Google is, is that because of the way they do stuff, really interesting possible things come, up, come into play. So, for instance, Google Translate isn't a, isn't a product. You can't buy Google Translate, right? But it's used a billion times a day. That's really cool. And so if the search engine money that Google's making is funding stuff like Google Translate, I think that's great. You know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the fact that Google is not charging for Google Translate. I mean, they actually did start charging um, developers to use Google Maps. You used to be able to use Google Maps basically for free. And they did say, okay, at some point, if you're, you know, if you're making money off of this, we need to make some too. But, you know, Google Maps is a very good thing. We have more good things, more good things, folks. Coming on from Adam Inkst, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials, 
commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hey, neighbor, what are you doing digging? You had a heart attack last year. Oh, I know. I was told no more hard labor. Then why are you digging? Well, I've been taking Extendovite. It's been approved to help my heart. Extendovite? Is that a new drug? No, not a drug. It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal? How can that help? Well, actually, we've taken herbs for thousands of years, and Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to stop. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is the Tech Night Owl Live and we're starting our discussion with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, briefly about the Google Alphabet reorganization, setting up this holding company. Now, here's an interesting conundrum here. Apple gets dinged because it's an iPhone company. Not that other divisions aren't profitable, but <laughs> the iPhone controls everything. But is Google being dinged because 98% of their income comes from search and all uh, these other enterprises aren't doing very much? As I said, I... If they've got that much money that they can afford to to run other other businesses that are long term plays, more power to them. And anyone who's worried about Apple being an iPhone business is looking for controversy where there isn't any. It's the same thing. I mean, these companies are making billions of dollars a quarter. There's no drama here. It's just 
not that big a deal. And so, you know, anyone who who wants to gin this up into some kind of uh, invented controversy just has time on their hands. Long and short of it is, as long as Google is successful, their employees have jobs, the stock price is holding up pretty well, investors like it, the business community likes it. Well, I mean, think about it. If Google ends up being the first company to do autonomous cars, that could be another multi-billion dollar industry. That could be astonishingly huge. And it takes time to get there. You know, it's not an easy thing. And actually knowing Google, they might license the stuff rather than actually build it themselves. Whereas, of course, if Apple is going to do a self-driving car, they build it themselves. So, you know, who knows? And drop ship it from China, probably. But, but nonetheless, as I said, it's, it's one of those situations where some of those projects that Google is doing could have huge rewards well down the line. And, uh, and you know, as I said, it, it's, hard for, it's hard for companies to, to have those long-term plays and to still have that meeting the needs uh, or at least the desires of the short-term Wall Street analysts are like, oh, doesn't look like you made as much money this quarter. Well, yeah, because we spent a boatload of money, you know, putting fiber into Austin, Texas. Well, yeah, you did. And it's going to take, take time to earn that money back, but it's a long play. And that's something, unfortunately, the financial community doesn't always recognize. And it hurts a company, too, because they're forced to report good quarterly results. Yeah. And if they don't, they get dinged in the stock market, even though Five years from now, you'll realize the benefits. Apple obviously plays long ball. Obviously, the Apple Watch is here for a long time. It's not something that's going to be discontinued because maybe it doesn't sell as many copies the first couple of iterations. We have no idea, do we? Speaking of cars, and we know obviously Google is testing the self-driving car, all those rumors about an Apple car, what do you think? Uh, You know, I actually give them some credence. I think it's I think it's pretty likely. I think it's pretty likely because Apple is about platforms. And I think a car is a platform. If you look at you know some of the issues going on in the the automotive world right now and particularly in terms of technology, oh man is it bad. And Apple makes talks a lot about CarPlay, but CarPlay basically doesn't exist. In new cars, I mean, you can buy a few third-party, um, you know, head units that you can put in. I actually don't know if there's any any shipping cars other than the Ferrari FF or something. There's one Ferrari model that has CarPlay built in. The Wall but, Street Journal had a test of a Corvette. A Corvette, with, okay. With CarPlay, but, is, but was it actually? And shipping? you're going to see stuff now from Hyundai, the next Honda Accords, the Kia Optima, the 2016 model will have both. CarPlay and the Android counterpart. So it's getting there, but it took a couple of years. And, and, now, and I want to say also that Apple said all of those companies were on board at launch too. And so I will believe those when I see them in a car that any, someone can buy. The other thing I'm reading from the reviews is even though the feature may work, there are problems with a lot of these cars with the integration in terms of their touch screens, the yeah. speed at which things are displayed, and they don't get that very well. Yeah. Very few of these touch screens on cars that I've tried, and I haven't tried the real expensive ones. I try the ones that people can actually buy. Yeah. And the touch screens are kind of old-fashioned, like 
maybe a touch screen on a computer 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. It is, it is one of those things where it is pretty darn clear that for the most part, car companies don't understand digital technology, and which is too bad in some ways because they've actually really figured out car technology pretty well. You know, in terms of, you know, reliability is pretty, pretty good across the board. It's no longer, you know, no longer a situation where some manufacturers were just horrible. Um, you know, these cars last a whole lot longer than they used to. They, we at least know how to make, you know, good electric cars and good hybrid cars and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, you get it, you get in and, you know, you, and you're trying to uh, you use the GPS or control the stereo or whatever it is with the screens and everyone is different and not good. And, and this is not to say that, you know, guys, CarPlay is wonderful. I've never actually seen CarPlay in the real world, so I can't comment on that. But I could certainly imagine much better interfaces. I think a lot of the problem there is not Apple in terms of their interface. It's the car. Now, my example, my most recent example, is not the newest Kia Optima. And there, the touchscreen is hit or miss. Sometimes you have to touch it twice to get it to recognize your things. If you use the voice command to place a phone call, it's about 90% accurate. Sometimes you have to assert the command a couple of times, especially after you start the car and everything is starting up and you have to wait a couple of minutes before it loads the contact list from your smartphone. And then you say, call Atomixed, for example. And in this case, you have to be very restricted on how you do it. Like would say, call Atomixed at home on mobile in office or something like that, very specific about which location you're specifying from a contact list. If you skip it or you say it incorrectly, it will call the wrong number. So if I had three numbers from you, like an office number, and obviously you work at home, but maybe you have a separate phone number, I don't know. One for the home, one for the office, one for the mobile phone. That it would screw up. Now, the system that Kia is using is the Uvo system from Microsoft, which famously owned the system in the Ford cars, my Ford Touch, which were so mm-hmm. bad, the car got horrible ratings because <laughs> of its infotainment system. Because if you think I'm having problems with the Kia, I assure you it was a lot worse with my Ford Touch. Anybody out there who has tried it knows that. And that what's happened since then is that Ford has ended its deal with Microsoft and they're trying to do it themselves. Well, we have a, a Subaru Outback and a Nissan Leaf. And... I find, well, I mean, the whole voice recognition for calling people doesn't really do much for us because we don't really call people. You know, at this point in time, calling is uh, last century and, you know, it's simply not, not, not something we do. I have to say I'm old-fashioned here because I do call home. I'm outside picking up something. I'll call my wife to discuss something or she calls me. Anyway, we've got more to call about. Adam Inks joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. 
Now a twice as nice twin kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals twin kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price $89.95. But now Complete H2O Minerals is offering the twin kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Every Everyone says or does something silly once in a while, even very smart, very accomplished people. It's part of being human. A quote taken out of context, a legal problem, an unfortunate photograph. Once that embarrassing thing is on the internet, it can spread like a terrible rash because people love to dig up dirt, even when it's not real dirt. Put it to rest. Call for a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. Businesses, public figures, and professionals turn to Reputation.com for good reason. We protect your online image by helping make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current ag information possible reputation.com because word travels fast learn more about what the experts at reputation.com can do for you call for a free analysis today 800-831-0771 that's 800-831-0771 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So we're segueing here from Google Alphabet to cars and Apple CarPlay with Adam Ingst. Now, do you think, though, that maybe this entire car initiative is just to set up a platform for future iterations of CarPlay? Yeah, I don't. And I think that's because I think Apple thinks bigger than that. When you have as much money as Apple does, you know, you're going to be investigating a whole bunch of industries. And as we've seen with, you know, you go go back to the iPod and then you go to the iPhone and you see Apple likes to enter industries where there, there is a solution and it's not good. You know, where they can say, wow, look at how much better this is. And cars fit that. Cars fit that model. You know, that uh, it may be more of a, more of a partnership than, than just CarPlay, but, you know, maybe they would work with, you know, Ford or GM or BMW or someone to actually build the car. You know, it does feel to me as though there's more there because, as you say, CarPlay can never be the whole interface. You need to actually think of an interface all at once. And that CarPlay is just an add-on, basically. It's just a software add-on that integrates with your iPhone, as the Google Play is in terms of their platform. But for Apple to really get this thing to work properly, they would have to take over the entire car electronic system. Everything that integrates with every subsystem would have to be created by Apple. Yep. And that even comes down to situations where, like, do you put buttons on the steering wheel? Doesn't feel very Apple-like, but boy, it's sure handy to have them on the steering wheel versus having them on, you know, on the dashboard. And so there's a lot of decisions there. It's a, a holistic design problem. What we have in CarPlay now is just a portion of that problem. It's a solution to a portion of that problem. And realistically, you know, honestly, the the cars are not ho- designing very holistically to begin with. You know, there's usually three ways to change the volume on on the you know, on the stereo, and Sometimes you, know, you don't know whether or not you know, the one that any person uses is, is even the one that they should be using because it's you know, more dangerous. They just maybe didn't realize there was a better way to do it. You know, one thing about cars that bother me, the newest cars, setting a preset on your radio. Now, <laughs> traditionally, what you have there in a car is, say, six buttons. Mercedes makes it more complicated because you can actually type the station frequency in the car interface. So they used to be that way in Mercedes. But the old days, you'd have six buttons, say. Okay, and sometimes you'd have multiple channels of buttons. And you have a physical volume control and a physical tuning control. And if you want to store a station, you tune to the station and you press and hold a button. 
Now, that basic functionality is there, but now it's all done with touch screens and multiple levels. And I'll give you an example. A few years ago, 2011, as a matter of fact, I'm looking for a car, and Hyundai just upgraded the Sonata to a really fancy, cool-looking car, fluidic sculpture design, whatever it's called now. They've kind of tamed it since then. And I asked the salesman, okay, how do I set a preset on the radio? And he looked at me and he called the service man. <laughs> and the service man said, well, and he tried to figure it out. Let me look it up for you. Now, when you have to look something up, the interface has failed. Now, on the Kia Optima, it's not so bad. I was able to figure it out myself. So well, it was fairly simple. That's but actually, I just want physical buttons. That's actually a good example of, of sort of like we you know, with our cars, the Outback and the Leaf. The Leaf has a physical button that switches you between um, AM and two banks of FM. I forget. It's like eight slots in each one or something like that. And so you have to push a button to switch between these. In the Outback, there's only one sort of list of presets, but it's long. I don't actually know how many things could go into it. You have to speak um, with an Australian accent, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, we want WHCU now. Well, I'll but, tell you, the Australian actors who do American accents do it better than you do Australian. <laughs> well, that's certainly no mate there. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but because it's just sort of this one long scrolling list, it's actually much harder to interact with than the leaves because you don't quite know where you are in the list for one. You have to actually sort of parse a scroll bar and you can't, you, you would have to like go through and program everything very carefully in order if you wanted them to be in order. I always want my presets to be in order because I'm retentive that way. Um, and so, you know, so if I want, I want you know, 91.7, then 93.5, and I need to go through and, and very carefully spend time getting them all, all correct. Now, I'll tell you uh, something here, too. It's this really discouraging. Is the more expensive a car is, the more difficult the infotainment system. I'll give you an example. <laughs> Anybody who's gotten a BMW, and by the way, you can get leases on BMWs that aren't much more expensive than maybe a mid-sized car like a Honda Accord or a Kia Optima. So it's possible for people to actually afford BMWs. They've got this thing called iDrive, which is a multifunction dial that you turn or press, and depending on how you press it, which corner, which angle, you get a different menu. It is one royal paint. It is such a pain that I know that BMW has made it better. But you need a thick, thick manual to figure this out. And I saw the same thing on a relative who had a Mercedes-Benz from, say, three, four years ago. They bought it used, you know, for the same price as a more recent midsize car. Okay, that was cool. They have a Mercedes, great. But most of the features went unused because the interface was inscrutable. Now, if Apple could walk in there and say, this is a piece of trash, every one of these interfaces on every one of these cars, it's all trash, we can solve the problem, but you can't do it with CarPlay. It has to be full integration with every system. So the closest you can find to that now is the Tesla. Right. So the Tesla has a 17-inch screen in its dashboard, and it has almost no buttons or controls of any physical buttons or controls of any sort. On the one hand, this is kind of cool, you know, that you don't, you don't have, you know, you, you know that everything's going to be on the screen. On the other hand, when you want to say, open the charging port, 
well, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, you're sitting there, look, because you figure it's like it's physical. So it's, you know, it's like a gas tank on a normal car. So you figure there's some little, some little lever you pull up and, you know, it pops the, pops the hook cap. And turns out, no, it turns out that there's a, there's a control somewhere buried in one of the, one of the setting, one of the screens to pop the charging cap. And, and, you know, maybe there's a shortcut that I didn't know about when I was, when I was test driving one, um, we were at Mac tech, uh, Mac tech conference a couple of years ago, and they actually had test drives you could do all day long. People got to sign up for them. And so I was like, so how do you pop the charging? And we had to you know, hunt through the, hunt through the menus on the, on the 17 inch screen to be able to find it. So, so, on the other hand, of course, the advantage is, is that if it's bad, you can fix it because it's software. So, you get, you get different, different, different pros and cons when you go to you know, a glass interface like that. Buttons. I want <laughs> buttons. I know yeah. that my car from 1996, whatever car I had in 1996, and I can't think what it was. Oh, you know, it was a Saturn. SL2. Oh, yeah, For yeah. a couple of years, I think Saturn made some really nice cars. Like 1993, my first Saturn, then like 1996 or 7, I got another Saturn. And then they changed the design and made it worse. But for that period of time, I thought it was a really good car, really comfortable, well handling, small car, cheap, definitely cheap. <laughs> and I thought everything was easy to use. And as soon as we started getting more elaborate systems, and now we have HD radio, and now we have satellite radio, and it's not just the automatic air conditioning, but they want to have more elaborate things, and you want to have voice recognition for your smartphone. As soon as we started putting in that nonsense, Detroit, Japan, Germany, forget about Great Britain, Whatever it is, they cannot figure it out. They still can't figure it out. And anybody out there, by the way, who has a car infotainment system that is easy and intuitive, a current model, not something 10, 15 years old, let me know what it is. We have Adam Inkst. We're trying to interpret this and more on the Tech Night How Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 My name is Dell, and I live in El Cajon, California. I was concerned about my cholesterol readings because I knew that high cholesterol is related to clogging of the arteries and increases the risk for heart attack and stroke. One day, I heard an ad for heart and body extract, and I was skeptical, but I decided to give it a try. Man, the numbers don't lie. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And you never know when we do a discussion like this where it's going to turn. So I mentioned Apple Car. And then we both realized the interfaces of car control infotainment systems are horrible. 
One of the things that's also I found interesting, our, our, our leaf we bought in January, and it was interesting. I mean, technology for us was it was a big deal because we were replacing, um, replacing a 19-year-old car and a 13-year-old car. So, we had really nothing. We had no experience with the, with the modern stuff. And it's actually pretty hard to get a feel for, as you say, the infotainment system. Uh, you, you know, you can't, when you're test driving it, you're not likely to pair your iPhone to it and see how that works. And it just takes too much time for the amount of time most people have with the car during a test drive situation. I mean, it's probably taken me a couple hours of sitting down and reading the manual and playing with stuff and tweaking settings. There's even some settings on the iPhone you've got to tweak sometimes to, you know, like get the Bluetooth to work properly. You know, so it's a, it's a difficult thing to figure out. And so some of the stuff's like, you know, the Chevy Volt, because we were, we were looking for electric cars. Um, the Chevy Volt has this very weird interface where everything is kind of, these buttons are all sort of flush in the panel. So you can't really tell that they're buttons and they're capacitive. So you, you, they don't work so well with gloves on. Where we live, that's a problem because we wear gloves, you know, a whole lot in the winter. There were just, you know, a number of things where you could see there was a problem, but then you didn't know if there were going to be more problems further on down as you got to learn it more and more. Is there an instruction manual of any sort that's clearly written? Oh, no. Oh, I could talk about this for a long time. So, New cars, they come with big, thick instruction manuals. I mean, and they're always this terrible form factor because they have to fit in the glove compartment. So they're this sort of, you know, like six inches wide by four inches tall nonsense. And they insist on documenting every damn thing, even if there's, you know, like there's four models of the car with different stuff. They only print one manual. I mean, You'd think this was 1972, and it was too complicated to have manuals that you know didn't have information for different cars in them. I mean, you know, we could we could do this in FrameMaker for God's sakes. You know, it was incredible. Yes, there's only one manual for an entire product line. Yeah. And the problem then is you have a feature in your car, and you have to look it up because there are four different radio instruction chapters each of which reflects the different types of radio. Maybe there's a premium radio, an extra premium radio, and the cheap radio. And before you even decide which one you have, you have to kind of look at the interface. Which radio do I have? Oh, is it that one? Or how yes. do I do this? Or how do I pair the phone? Or how do I use any one of these other features? And it ends up being a mess. Now, some more expensive cars, and I think Hyundai used to do this with their very expensive cars like the Equus, which is their attempted luxury, like matching a Mercedes S for $10,000 less. They give you an iPad with a manual. I don't know if it's searchable. I assume it is. Well, I mean, searchable would be a help. But um, the other thing that I found is, you know, these manuals do have indexes. But it takes me a while to find stuff in the index because they often have slightly funny names. So, like, if you want to learn how to jumpstart a car, you know, some, some of these cars hide the battery terminals like you wouldn't believe. I had to help some neighbors jumpstart something or other. forget what it was. Oh, no, they were, I think we were jump start jumping from some kind of VW or Audi or whatever. We had to look at the manual to find out where they hid the terminals because you couldn't get to the battery. It was crazy. And some of them have batteries like between the seats and other strange places. Uh, it, was just, it was just nuts. But, you know, but, but it took a while to find out what they called jump starting. I forget in this particular case, but, uh, you know, or it may have been under, you know, emergency services or something. So, you know, that was just, it was just wacky. But 
as a, speaking as a professional publisher, we design books, we, we think hard about how to write books so that people can understand the topic, people have a path to go through while they still can jump to any point they want, all that. Car manuals are just the worst. They're just terrible. And, and a lot of the text is boilerplate. <laughs> And you know that they're using the same text with very minor modifications year after year. Because I'll look at some of those manuals and I'll say, I read that chapter 20 years ago. I had another model of this car and the words were the same. It's like they used the same file and they just insert a few chapters for the new model. And it's fascinating because they actually, they have the concept that, you know, oh, they should have warnings in a different font and they should have tips and notes and they should use lists and all that. But because their pages are so short because of that weird form factor that they use, it's actually detrimental to the reading because you can end up with a page that has like just huge amounts of bold text on it because it's mostly a warning about some safety thing and then there's one bullet list but bullet item left over from the previous page that you know that needs to go on that page it's just it's just terrible and and not to mention they give you multiple manuals because it's gotten so bad that they know no one will find like the manual for the infotainment system so they give you the manual for the infotainment system separately from the manual for the rest of the car so if you're trying to figure out how to program the radio, you've got to look in the right manual. And it's not always so easy anymore because you don't have the six physical buttons. You have <laughs> all these things buried through menus. What I do is I basically go through every menu as if I'm writing a computer book like I used to do. Yeah. So I take the same posture I would take when I was writing a computer book, which is you go through every menu, go through every single command yep. of that menu, yep. play with it, then go through <laughs> the next one. I do exactly the same Because thing. it's the only way. But at least it's because Adam and I have written books about computers, so we try that logic. But the average person, they never go through this. They may call the dealer. They may never bother. And of course, a dealer, I don't want to denigrate all dealers. I think they're at the mercy of the manufacturer here who designs these obtuse interfaces. But you call the dealer and said, what about this? Why do I have a cable to connect my iPhone but it's using the old charging connector, not the lightning connector, even though the car is more recent and there's no option for that. Well, I guess they'll get around to it. And I think that's a big problem with autos. The biggest complaint today is not that the engine breaks prematurely because cars these days, you know, having a car last a couple hundred thousand miles, that's no problem. I mean, years ago. Right. That used to be special. (laughs) I'll give you an example. Years ago, back in the 70s, I'm that old. I had a Toyota Corona, which was something like a step above a Corolla, similar to a Camry is now. And at 65 or 70,000 miles, the engine needed work. And that was par for the course. That's what you expected. I had one of those Mazda cars with a Venkel engine. And at 65, 70,000 miles, you have to rebuild the engine because that's what you expected. Now, cars are a lot more expensive now than they were then. Those cars cost two or $3,000 or something like that. But now you spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for a car. And it lasts and it lasts. Yes, sometimes you have to undergo rather expensive maintenance, like a 30,000-mile service can cost two or $300 if you do everything they mandate, which is fine. You have these high-revving engines that need service, but they last if you take care of them. But the infotainment systems suck rocks. Would you <laughs> buy an Apple car if they made it affordable? You know, well, okay, so, so there's two answers to that is. Um, one is... If it was electric, I would buy it quickly, and I would buy it in a heartbeat. 
And if it was not electric, um, I would probably buy it the next time I was replacing a gas car. So we have we have a gas car and electric car, and the electric car is just better. Electric cars are the way of the future. You, they are simply better to drive in every imaginable way. And you know, once you've done that, it's really hard to go back. The only problem is we don't have the charging infrastructure, so you know, you can, they cannot be trip cars at this point in time. Um, closest you actually the, the the variant on that is the the Chevy Volt, which has uh, a gas engine that can actually gets, gets pretty good mileage for its 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 gas engines, like forty miles to the gallon. Its gas engine, and um, I think it adds like three hundred miles of range. And I'm going to ask you a question about the Chevy Volt, though. Yeah, and that is, Chevy has made the car cheaper. They've obviously extended the range. Yeah. And we're going to have to break in about a minute, but I'll ask you this. Why isn't anyone buying that car? Sales have really, really undercut expectations there. They just don't do so well. They're not selling near as many as they wanted to. Yeah, the Chevy, I mean, honestly, I didn't think it was a very good car, personally. You know, in driving it, I didn't like it as a car. So that was thing one. But, you know, I think thing two is people don't yet understand electric. And they are worried about it. And once you once you understand it, it's fine. You know, the, you the issue also here is the fact that price of gas is down, and that yeah. may be a condition that short will disappear term. because it's short term. Because as the price goes up, then they'll start drilling more. Right. It's short term thinking. The, is what it is. It is short term thinking. So instead of buying the compact car with the thirty forty mile per gallon rating yeah. or the diesel which could last even longer than a regular car, they don't buy that. They buy the big SUV because the gas economy is adequate and the price of fuel is cheap. This is not cheap. This is the Tech Night Out Live. More with Adam Inks on the other side. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. 
It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And supernatural silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let me quickly explain to you, ladies and gentlemen, that we have another feature of the show called Tech Night Owl Plus, plus.technightowl.com to learn more. We offer a special premium version of the show free of the network ads with higher quality audio for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. Check it out, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. And we're going to have a Tech Night Owl Minute feature coming in a few weeks, as soon as I put it together. Just have to set up a few details. That will be exclusive to Tech Night Owl Plus subscribers. We're talking about cars and car technology in light of the possibility that Apple will be entering that. And we have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. Now, he's the kind of guy who keeps a car for 10, 20 years till it falls apart, till it drops, basically. When the engine uh. drops out, you replace it. <laughs> Actually, it was the gas tank in this case. Our 19-year-old Subaru Outback... Which I mean, we wouldn't have replaced, but the gas tank got a leak and needed to be replaced, you know, rusted out. And where the gas tank was and, and, the, and basically the process of doing it was going to cost, you know, $1,000 for a 19-year-old car. And we just couldn't justify it because, you know, stuff was rusting out. You know, it was, it was going to be the gas tank this year. And it was going to, we kept having to do the brakes repeatedly and stuff like that. So, you know, it made sense to keep it. And it was our, you know, our winter car and, our, and uh, you know, our hauling car, because it was much bigger than our, our Honda Civic at the time. And so, but we had to get rid of it because it just wasn't economically feasible after 19 years to put, keep putting money in. What actually caused us to, we changed our logic on, on the replacing our 13-year-old Civic was that our son turned 16. And so, he was going to start driving. And, the, and, you know, I'm sure you had this too, Gene. You always give the kid the old car. Yes, that car had more bumper repairs. Sure. Than I ever but, it was very interesting here. We found a local guy, a guy named Mike, yeah. who does basic bumper repair. So, for two $300, and because the bumpers <laughs> are plastic, he'll just refashion that bumper until it's putty, and then you get a new bumper. But this means instead of spending $1,000 for a bumper replacement, which is what they cost or more, for two or $300, every time Grayson would snap the bumper out of place, we take Just it to Mike. Hey, Mike, I got in. another bumper for you. And, <laughs> you know, he earned a lot of money from us. But that's so, how it goes. We understand. But so the thing is, is Grayson's older. So we have this 13-year-old car, and we, we, we buy, a new, buy a new Subaru Outback to replace our old Subaru Outback. And in the process of that, we learn about electronic stability control. So this is a safety technology which is built into most cars since about 2011, but it's, it's going to be mandated at some point 
pretty soon. Because according to the National Highway Safety Transportation Institute, Transportation Administration, it, it reduces uh, fatal accidents by up to 30%. Because what electronic stability control can do is it has sensors that can detect any individual wheel slipping or skidding. And then it can control at a, at a, I think it's a rate of 100 samples per second, it's checking this stuff, it can control each individual wheel with the anti-lock braking system. So if it says, ooh, he swerved around a deer, and now the car is skidding off the road because he hit, hit some wet, wet, wet pavement or maybe some ice or something, I'm going to break the, you know, the front left wheel to pivot the car around that, that axis and bring it back onto the road. And it can do this, A, far faster than a human can, and B, it can control each wheel independently, which no one, you know, no human can do because we don't have controls for that. So this is a huge, huge thing at not making accidents less severe, but preventing them at all. You so, know, another feature I really like on cars, and especially these fancy cars with the high belt lines and they don't have really good view out the rear, <sighs> is the rear view camera. Yes. And not all cars have them, and they should have them. They will well, in another year. Yes, within mad, another year they mad, will. And mad, all mad. that means is you go in reverse, and somewhere <laughs> it's either the rearview mirror or it's going to be on the infotainment screen. You will see what's going on behind you, and sometimes with guides, yep. so you know oh, how yeah, far usually. you are. And I tell you, a lot of rear enders. Yep. You know, will you back up into something? Oh, just, it just eliminates those. And you're not going to hit the dog. You're not going to hit the kid. So, right, we learn about the stability control and our calculus changes overnight. It's like, why would we give our 16-year-old a car to drive that's old and notably less safe? Yes, it would be great if he was a perfect driver and had fabulous reactions and never made a mistake, but that's not going to happen. We all make mistakes. Even when we, even even good drivers make mistakes or find themselves in situations which are untenable. If the car can get you out of that with technology that you can't repeat, more power to it. And then the Leaf has this other feature, which you think backup cameras are cool. The Leaf has cameras in the front and the mirrors too, so that when you're parking, you can see all around you. You can see in front of you. You can see how close you are to the curb. All of that on that screen. And, you know, again, for a kid who's learning how to drive and has no idea where the edges of the car are, this is huge. Because we can just, you know, he's he's having trouble figuring it out. And I say, okay, stop. You know, we, we t- tap the camera button so we can see exactly what's going on. It's like, okay, look, you've got another, you know, two feet in front of the car in front of you. And you've got, you know, you're too far away from the curb. You need to move closer to that. And you can just figure it out. You know, and yes, you got to learn it by feel too, but if you can learn it by sight to start with, that'll give you a leg up on, you know, having to learn to park like they do in New York City by touch. You see, that's where they're doing good stuff with technology. It doesn't really have an interface per se. You know, traction control doesn't have an interface. Anti-lock brakes doesn't have an interface. The backup camera, usually it just switches on when you back up. You, in fact, yeah, it does just switch on when you back up and, you know, and what they're doing, you say you talked about guides, the guides are actually will give you, you know, color markers to how close you are. And if you're backing up, it will often give you these kind of curved guides to show you where you're going to go, which is also really handy. Again, if you're sort of learning that parking skill, you know, because let's face it, 
parallel parking in a tight spot is hard. It's not something that that you're just going to pick up. And yeah, you can practice with the garbage cans and all that, um, and that's a good thing to do. But it's really better to to you know actually just get a feel from looking at the cameras what you're doing as you as you you know start to learn that skill. And you and know you there are some cars, by the way, that do it for you. Yes. I don't know how, I've always wondered how good they are at, you know, like the spots that are really tight. Will they really put you into one of those tight spots or do they, you know, how much room do they need on either side of the car? I will say that, you know, I'm pretty good at parallel parking. I'm not, I'm not a super expert, but I have found that having the cameras allows me to get into spots that I would have passed up before. Well, you see, living out here in the burbs, you know, in LA or Phoenix or that area, you don't parallel park as much as you used to because you're just going into parking stalls. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of helps you lose your muscles. In New York City, we were we were just driving through New York uh, a couple weekends ago. Um everyone has these bumper protectors now. There's these really heavy-duty rubber things that you kind of close into your trunk and they protect your bumper because not that necessarily you'll do this, but when you're parked, someone else is going to be parking by touch, you know, bump 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 and that will protect your bumper from getting wonked. You see, we need the automatic parking systems. And he, and Fords one, have them, not just expensive cars. And to but go you're looking step, at the other ones they have, of course, are the lane change warning systems where yes. you go outside the lane, it buzzes or it beeps or something like that. So, and that used to be a feature in a very expensive car, but now it's gone to the lower middle of the range. So I was going to say, this is the other thing that you want to go a little further with where technology is taking us. So our Outback has the lane change warning. It actually has it has a pair of cameras on either side of the rearview mirror looking forward, and those cameras can detect when you were approaching uh, another car or a tree or something, you know, something solid, um, and can, if you do not appear to be reacting appropriately, your foot's not on the brake, it will warn you, and then it will actually apply the brakes for you. If basically it's saying, I don't want to hit the person in front of me, that would hurt. You know, and so it can drop your speed by 25 miles an hour. So if you're, you know, if you're in slow traffic, not paying attention, it will stop you and there'll be no harm done. If you're going faster than that, it will reduce the speed of the impact. Wow. This <laughs> technology all the way to a self-driving car. I'm going to ask Adam if he'd want to get a self-driving car. He's too young, probably. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Okay, honey, I have to ask, and be honest here, have you been taking a little blue pill? Because things have been 
pretty good in the bedroom lately. No, I swear. You didn't pick anything up at the pharmacia last month in Cancun? No. Well, something's different. I have been taking that heart and body extract you bought me. But that's for your heart and to control your cholesterol. Well, I read HP extract also promotes healthy prostate function. I never guessed it would work this well, but... But you're glad it did. Oh, yeah. Heart and body extract is a 100% organic formula that promotes a strong heart, healthy arterial flow, better circulation, improves erectile and prostate gland function, and provides youthful energy, strength, and stamina. Find out more at heartandbodyextract.com. Heart and body extract paired with healthy heart choices is a winning combination. Call toll-free to order or for free information. 1-866-295-5305. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to SayAhNow.com. SayAhNow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. So we've gone into car technology because everybody has to confront this. Everybody has to put up with this. We've had a mix of tidbits and take control books. Maybe you should have a book, Take Control of your overly complex car, but then you have to have a book with <laughs> yep. about 12 million pages on it. Okay, so we know that Google is working on a self-driving car. We know that Apple is doing something with cars. Maybe they'll have a self-driving electric car. I don't know. There's a number of other companies too. Delphi is another big one. That's sure. Doing a lot of the major car manufacturers are looking at this and adding all these features, the advanced braking systems and the lane change systems and the automatic park systems. That's the destination. 
adaptive cruise control is the other one. Sure. Okay, you just push this button and sit back and go to sleep and it takes you to your destination, almost. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> We're getting there. In a few years, in theory, we could have a self-driving car. Would you even want to go in one? Oh, absolutely. I actually think that, I think this is one of those situations where it's going to take a while. Um, you know, the analogy is elevators. We're both way too young to remember when elevators had operators and they had doors that the operators opened and closed and the, and the operator had to, you know, be, be good at like stopping the elevator at the right spot on the floor and stuff like that. Speak for yourself. Okay. You remember this? I sure do. Okay. You are a geezer, man. So, I am old as the hills. So. When they say the hills were alive, you know, and the sounds of music <laughs> and all that stuff, there were no hills when I was around. But, but they just yeah. came later. When was the last time you saw an elevator operator? You know what? I remember elevator operators at the Empire State Building. Yep. Yep. So that they would have had them there. So at this point in time, though, all elevators are automatic, and there is nothing you can do other than push a button. And I think of it this way. What about all those poor elevator operators who are out of jobs? Yeah, buggy whip manufacturers, too. You know, there's all those. You know, <laughs> there are certain jobs which are going to go away. And honest, I mean, honestly, this is, this is a real one. I mean, you know, the, the taxi drivers, truck drivers, all those kinds of things are going to go away. Remember the movie Total Recall, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Johnny Cab. Hello, I'm a Johnny Cab. Yep. Oh, so totally going to happen. And it's going to happen with electric cars, particularly because the cabs can do things like know how far they can go before they have to, you know, have to recharge. And if they only have a, you know, a 24 miles on their charge, but the next fare only wants to go 10, they'll take it. You know, all sorts of things that humans would be uncomfortable with, robots have no trouble with. But the thing is, is that you look at elevators and you look at airplanes, both of them are almost entirely automatic at this point in time. Elevators, all you can do is push the button to start and push a button to stop at an emergency. Yeah, there's a, there's a stop button. And with planes, pilots don't do most of the flying these days in big airplanes. They engage the autopilot. You know, the autopilot can do everything. And, you know, there's even cases where basically something goes wrong and the pilot takes manual control and crashes the plane. You know, where the plane would have done a fine job continuing on. It just didn't, you know, it, it lost some sensors that made, you know, that caused warnings to show up. So it is a situation where I think that we are going to be, there's, there's just no question in my mind that, that autonomous cars are coming. It might be five years. It might be 10 years before, you know, we start seeing them in any quantities. But you've heard that the Google self-driving car has been in, I don't know, like 11 or 12 accidents so far. Well, all that's how are, the technology is developed. All of the by the worst are, case scenarios. Well, but no, but all of those are fender benders caused by humans. The Google car has never caused an accident or been responsible for an accident. And at first, they thought, well, it looks funny. That's why people are running into it, like they're not paying attention because they're it's a funny looking car. And they they've now said. You would not believe the amount of data Google has around this stuff. They've now said they've, they've evaluated all this stuff, and they believe that, in fact, the reason why the Google cars have been that many accidents is because something like six million fender benders a year are never reported. In other words, everyone is in that many accidents. Accidents are commonplace for humans. Humans do this all the time. Now, understand, and, too, here, 
for most police departments, they don't want to know about the tiny fender bender. You kind of dent the bumper, especially if it happens on private property. The last time I had an incident like that was in a bank parking lot. They don't want to know. Call your insurance company. Leave it out of it. Now, if it's really cheap, though, people will go to a private shop for a few hundred dollars because they don't want to impact their insurance insurance rate or maybe it's below their deductible. So I agree with you. And so basically what they're saying is if more of the cars on the road were autonomous, there would be fewer accidents. Just end of story. Because humans are what are causing the accidents. And the problem is it doesn't take I – mean, we were it was just a high school reunion and one of the people was driving up from Pennsylvania and she was rear-ended on, on the freeway at, you know, like in stop-and-go traffic. The person, you know, gets out and is like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I forget there was something like – I was giving my dog water. I mean, they've been in this, you know, traffic jam for miles. And she just lost her attention for two seconds. And luckily, there was no damage or anything like that. But, you know, it was – that's what happens is robot cars don't get distracted. And here's the other thing is that those of us who are between the ages of like, you know, 20 and 70, well, maybe 60, are pretty good at this. We have good reactions. We have a fair amount of experience, all that. But wouldn't it be nice if you could take your, you know, you could have a robot car come and take your kid to his, you know, cello lesson? Or, you know, someone who really shouldn't be driving because they're in their 70s and pretty shaky on, on uh, you know, turning their head to look over their shoulder. Wouldn't it be nice if a robot car could take them to their doctor appointment? This sort of stuff could really improve mobility for senior citizens, and it could, you know, save a whole lot of time and effort for working parents. You know what bothers me about senior citizens? And understand, <laughs> I am technically a senior citizen. What bothers me about senior citizens is they get bigger cars. Yes. You see, senior citizens trying to take the full-size Cadillac or the Lincoln Town car of 10, 20 years ago, these humongous boats, and they're trying to maneuver it. And it's not easy to maneuver those things because I've tried it and I won't drive a car like that. But they try to do that. Maybe they want the cars of their youth or they bought the car 20 years ago and they don't have the money for anything better, so they keep with it. The problem here is you're at a point where your reaction times aren't as good, where maybe your vision isn't as good, in which case you shouldn't have a license. Whatever it is, your abilities are fading, but you get the bigger car. It's harder to maneuver and thus you cause more accidents. I never understood that. I never went to one of these vehicles and said, hey, Get a Hyundai Elantra, a Honda Civic, something small. You're living alone or living with just your spouse. Why do you need this big, ungainly car that gets nine miles a gallon? I don't know. Adam Inkst, I don't know what we started here. (laughs) Please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. Well, unfortunately, we do not have Take Control of Your Car just yet, but all of the other Take Control books, most about Apple and Internet technologies, are at www.takecontrolbooks.com. And you should go there now because we are having a 50% off sale. Uh, so come and you can shop on our site and get all the books at half off. Do it, folks. Okay, takecontrolbooks.com. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You are welcome, Gene. Happy to be there. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. 
Before using hardened body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic, but after taking hardened body extract, my energy level has improved greatly and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, hardened body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're You're fired. fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're You're fired. fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. In our previous segment with Adam Inkst, we were talking about car technology and the complexities of doing even simple things like setting radio presets on your car. And we were talking also about whether Apple should enter that business, not just for CarPlay, but maybe take over the entire car electronics or build their own car. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us. Before we get into our topics of the evening, morning, whatever time you're listening to the show at, what do you think? What kind of car do you have and what do you think if it's electronics? Well, I have a Volvo uh, Cross Country so it's it's their really nice station wagon that they make. And mine is actually several years old. What what year is this? We're in 2015. So Boy, okay. you're getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so my car is 14 years old. And I just love it. It's uh, it's a Volvo. It it'll run uh, pretty much forever. The electronics that are in it compared to today's cars are pretty basic. What I really really think is lame is the way you program the radio. It's, I mean, it's, there's nothing intuitive about it. And I don't see how that's changed even in newer cars that I drive. I, I would love to see someone figure out how to give us an in-car interface that is designed to be good for humans. So far, all I've seen are in-car interfaces that are designed to be good for cramming buttons and dials into a small space. Well, part of it is here, it seems as if all that technology is designed by engineers, but they don't have usability people like Apple does. Right. Where they focus on the actual usability of the feature. And I was mentioning, as an example, with Adam Inks, the iDrive feature, which is emulated on other cars where you have a single dial that you can turn or you can click up and down and sideways or push buttons on the side of the of this dial. And depending on which context you do it, you get different menus on the infotainment screen. Now, imagine trying to figure out this nonsense as you're navigating the highway in rush hour traffic. This is why people's insurance rates goes up, because they're crashing into each other, trying to figure out how to use these incredibly complex and non-intuitive interfaces on their cars while they're they're zipping along at 60 miles an hour. What's worse is the touch buttons. I mean, the old car radio was very simple. You had a push button and you had maybe six presets and maybe another button to get different channels or banks of presets. And you turn to a station with a physical dial, you get the station you want, you push and hold the button and it stores it. So simple. Mm-hmm. How many cars do that nowadays? That's the point I made with Adam. How many cars do that? I also mentioned to him when I was looking at a Hyundai Sonata in 2011, and I asked the salesperson, how do you do the radio presets? He couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that's a problem right there. Yeah. The, uh, the assumption, I, I, I stopped short of saying the fact that Apple is making a car I'll still say assumption. It makes me very happy. I, I think this is totally a market for Apple to get into. But Apple, should they be making the entire car or yeah. would it be simpler 
if they simply made the infotainment system not just a CarPlay, but one that fully integrates with all controllable functions on the car? No. I mean, it would be cool if they did that, but no. I don't think that's a good way for Apple to go because once Apple makes that that in-car system, they now have to make concessions for the different car makers. So it's not going to be the Apple experience. Can you imagine if, if uh, Apple was... Well, doing like Microsoft with with computers, where they were making the operating system that ran on other computers, they'd have to make a lot of concessions in the way that operating system is developed, whereas controlling the entire package gives them the ability to make sure that all the elements work the way they want. And if they do the same with a car... Well, there you go. They can make a car where all the elements work the way they want. They don't have to make concessions to General Motors or Daimler Chrysler or Volvo or whoever. They they can just make the car they want the way they think it should be done. As Adam pointed out, even the Tesla has some pretty weird things like find the button to open the connector for the charger. It's buried somewhere in a 17-inch screen. Let's move to other topics here. We can do cars for hours on end, and everybody out there, every one of you, even if you're a new driver, you have a war story with a problem with a vehicle because they all have weird stuff, especially Mm -hmm. now, where engines are more reliable, the brakes last longer, they handle better, they ride better, everything is so much better on a car until you look at the infotainment system, it's a disaster. Okay, we hear about hacks, we hear about government hacks, we heard about Target and different stores where the credit cards are hacked. But the one getting the most high profile these days is a company that is like a dating service for people who want to cheat on their spouse. And we don't say whether it's a good idea. That's up to you. It's up to your particular moral code. We know a lot of people, most people, I guess, do it. But this formalizes it. It's called Ashley Madison. So what happened? Ashley Madison got hacked. Can you imagine the havoc, Jeff? Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So this site, it's, I mean, it touts itself as a site for people looking to have discreet affairs. And, and there are a lot of people that have been using the site that way. There are also a lot of people that are using it as a site to make a, what, what I'll call fair game connections, meaning they're, they're not doing anything behind anyone's back. And, and and maybe they're like in an open relationship or, or they're a polyamorous relationship or, or some relationship where, where the rules that they've created for themselves uh, in conjunction with their partner says that it's okay to be doing this. So you have people that are using it, I'll call it legit, and people that are using it uh, illicitly. The key being here is that they don't care why you're doing it. But if you want to do right. it, they're available. Right. And regardless of your motive for wanting to use the site, the assumption that people have going in to use Ashley Madison is that the claims that their anonymity is protected and their personal data is protected is, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty high expectation and an expectation that, that the company set. And then it sounds like, someone, not a group of people, but someone that had inside access to their databases made off with that stuff. 
and then tried to uh, to blackmail the company by saying, "If you don't shut down Ashley Madison, and uh, there was there was another site for like professional." Older men looking for younger single women, and uh, and I forgot the name of that site. But this this person or people said you have to shut down those sites, or I'm dumping the database on the internet. And the sites were not shut down, and so just a few days ago, that database made its way onto the internet, and that that's pretty scary for a lot of people because there there are people that that. Uh, they don't want their their spouse or partner to know that they're using the service. Then there's a lot of people that that are using the service who feel it's no one's business how they live their personal life. But uh, this person or people decided that it was everyone's business to see how they live their life. Well, I won't comment on, as I said, the morality of doing something like this. I think consenting adults should be allowed to do what they're doing as long as they're not hurting anybody else. I think I, that's I'm a big point. That there is the limit and the end of it we can argue the morality and the religious aspects and things like that. But I don't think anyone with a grudge should be doing this because you have lots of innocent people or not so innocent people mm-hmm. We're being victimized because somebody has a grudge against this big corporate master. We've got more to say about this with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet Guy, I'm so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. Libertyoncall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Libertyoncall.org. Call today. 
If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley with U.S. Tax Shield. We can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Jeff Gamet of the Mac Observer is here. We're talking about the Ashley Madison data breach where somebody basically was able to gain information about millions of accounts. And we're hearing stories already. Well, government officials are doing it. We assume entertainers are doing it. We assume anybody who's got the money might be doing it. But why is that anybody else's business? Unless, of course, the other spouse in a relationship is being kept in the dark about it. Even then, why should they be told by somebody who hates this company? Yeah, I agree. Why should they be told by someone that hates that company? The the other thing which started cropping up just a couple of days ago was people going online from countries where homosexuality is against the law and can carry a death penalty. There's people going online saying, hey, I was using Ashley Madison and I was uh, using it so I could discreetly find uh, same-sex partners And I live in a country where there's a death penalty for me doing this. What countries are likely to give me asylum? So there's people that that are now genuinely afraid for their lives and are looking to find ways to get out of the country they live in very quickly and go someplace where their life won't be at risk just because of who they want to have sex with. So we're talking here about something with a lot of nasty consequences. 
So what is Ashley Madison doing, if anything? I mean, you know, they can't close the barn door at this point. No, they they can't. Uh, Now, what they were doing before this data breach happened was encrypting the information in their database. And they, they say that when people wanted their personal data deleted, that they were deleting it. The person that got a hold of all the data says, no, they actually weren't. They would just take people's money and lie to them and tell them the data was gone. That seems like a really, really bad move for any company to make. I mean, if they're saying they're really deleting your data, they better really be deleting your data. So we don't know 100% for sure that Ashley Madison really was deleting accounts when people said they wanted them gone. But it sure sounds like they were. So that that seems more like a straw man argument from the from the the person that stole all this stuff. And then since this data breach happened, they have been working to find ways to make sure that similar attacks can't happen in the future. So what what that tells me is that they have been working to put in fail safes to keep people on the inside from being able to make off with data. And that seems like a really smart thing to do. And they've also been working with authorities and they they think that they know who did this. My guess is that at some point in the relatively near future, we're going to hear about uh, a criminal investigation leading to an arrest. This, I think, raises a larger question here. And that is, can anyone keep your data safe anymore? We have a story about the IRS where several hundred thousand taxpayer accounts were hacked. Yeah, that's bad too, because with the IRS, I mean, you really don't have any choice. You have to give them that information. So there, there's a very high expectation of, uh, of privacy protection there. And if your data is stolen from the IRS, well, that means your identity has been stolen from the IRS, because at that point, it's very easy for someone to, uh, to impersonate you online or, or for credit purposes, and just destroy your world. That, th- this is bad stuff. So, no, I don't think that anyone's data can be truly, truly protected. The best that we can do, at least for now, is take every precaution we can to make sure that the risk of data loss or data theft is minimized as much as possible, which really doesn't sound very reassuring, does it? It's like, assume somebody's going to break in if they want to, and maybe just become a hermit. Sure, but you know, let's say you become a hermit, and I'm wandering around in the woods, and I come across your cabin, and I decide that I'm going to break in a window and steal that can of beans that you have. Well, even being a hermit and hiding away in the woods didn't protect you, but it did reduce the risk of me finding your cabin. didn't stop me from doing it, but at least it reduced the risk. What we can do is take the whatever measures we can to help ensure that honest people stay honest and dishonest people have less of an incentive to try and do bad things. It's like putting a lock on your front door. It's not going to keep people out that don't that, or that really want in, but it's going to keep the honest people honest, and it's going to keep the people looking for an easy crime from coming into your house. Are you familiar with a TV show called Mr. Robot? 
I am familiar with it, but I have not watched it yet. All right. This is really a fascinating kind of show. It's about a hacker who's also a drug addict. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Robot, by the way, is a character played by Christian Slater. And in the episode before the season finale, we learn his relationship with the main character, Elliot. But supposedly the producer of the show talked to people in the hacking community to see how they worked, to learn about their lives before coming up with the show. Mm-hmm. So there is supposedly is a sense of reality about it also, because these people w- live and work on the fringes of society, even if a lot of them work for regular companies. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have what I'll call dual lives. I mean, they, they have the regular nine to five job life, but then they have this other life where they're in the hacking world. And it's fascinating some of the things that, that people are doing, some of the things people are getting away with. Mr. Robot, I, I've seen some clips from it, and it looks like a fascinating show because it, it seems like it really is giving us a glance, however small that may be, into this other world that's happening all around us and inside our computers that most people are completely unaware of. As I said, there's a realism about it here because of the fact that they supposedly were in contact with people in the hacker community. If you look it up in the movie database, okay, mm-hmm. it gets a 9.1 rating from visitors, which is very high. And the lead actor is a guy named Rami Malek, who plays Elliot Alderson. And he's an amazing young character actor. Mm-hmm. He's He lives like in an alternate reality because he's always suffering from a drug haze. And you kind of experience his worldview, which may not reflect the reality because, again, he's got a drug problem. I think it's just a fascinating show. And this is an actor who could really, you know, be nominated for Emmys. He's that good. And you've never heard of him before. Oh, but people are hearing about him now. Right, right. He's been a character actor for, you know, many years, a guy in his mid-30s. And you can see, if you look at his credits, this guy has been working as a working actor for like 11 years. He's done tons of things, but now character actors become stars. Mr. Robot, I highly recommend it. I think it's a great show. And if you want to learn about hacking and the hacking community, this is a way. But you know, computer hackers tend to be heroes these days. So for example, how many shows do you see about hackers who are reformed and become crime fighters like Scorpion? Okay, you've heard of that show, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So once again, it's about this team of computer hackers who solve crimes with the government. They work with Homeland Security or something like that. And in many cases, they became people who work and help, and they became crime fighters because they were caught. They were caught doing something, and the government says, tell you what, you help us. We won't put you in jail, and you'll make a living. There's a character in Sense8, which is a, a Netflix original series. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, Nomi. N- Nomi, that character as a child or teenager had gotten in trouble with the law for hacking, but then as an adult is using those skills to try and help some other people. And I, and I won't say more for, for the audience because I don't want to give spoilers. It's been renewed for a second season. It's I'm set so up happy. by the producers of the Matrix trilogy 
and J. Michael Straczynski, who did Babylon 5, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of comic books. So it has a science fiction bend. It's where eight people, sensates, become, are somehow mentally linked to one another. It's, I think, an amazing show. It's very explicit, though. It's very raw. You have to be aware of it before you watch it. And you really have Just to watch all the episodes to really dig it. it. If you watch a couple of episodes, you'll say, I can't figure it out. Goodbye. Gotta watch the whole thing. Sensate on Netflix. Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, as a popular matter, another show about hackers, reform hackers, that's popular is the most recent and will be the only remaining show of the CSI series, CSI Cyber. Again, populated by former hackers who become crime fighters. Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observers here. We're talking about computer hacking, Ashley Madison, car infotainment systems. And now we get back to Apple. We haven't done much about Apple except maybe talking about the possibilities of CarPlay. Talking about Apple, rumors about the next iPad and the rumors about the next iPad Think of possibly a larger version, more for professional enterprise users. 
the iPad Pro. What's your take on it? My take, if, if you'd asked me even nine months ago, I would have told you it's not coming. But today, I do believe it is. And I have a feeling that there will be two markets that get really excited about this. And the first one would be the one you already mentioned, the, the enterprise market. So, uh, so businesses that need a more powerful tablet and we'll call it a more capable tablet with a bigger display. And then the other group that I think is going to get really excited about this will be the art community because that bigger display gives you more canvas, digital canvas to work with. And I think that that's going to be very appealing to a lot of artists. The other part of this rumor that I find really fascinating is the stylus. Because Apple has very notoriously been against styluses for the iPhone and iPad and iPod Touch. Although there's a very, very vibrant third-party market for styluses. I am a stylus junkie. I, I have a box filled with styluses that I have tried, uh, some that I still use, some that, uh, that I didn't like that much. But there are so many different styluses to try. And Apple is in a position where they can kind of redefine what that stylus is. Adobe tried to do that with their ink and slide stylus. And, and I think they did a, a very good job, but I think a lot of people didn't really get what they could do with that stylus which is unfortunate because it's really cool. Now, Apple has patents in stylus technology, so obviously Apple has an interest. Well, they have an interest, and that interest could go one of two ways. It could be an interest in making a stylus, or it could be an interest in stopping other companies from using certain technologies, whether that, that technology is in a stylus or another product. I think, though, that Apple wants to make a stylus, and the stylus that they want to make, I believe, is going to change how a lot of people interact with their their tablets. I think the stylus Apple is designing is going to be a stylus that helps mimic real-world uh, mediums. So let's say you are drawing a picture with a pencil on a piece of paper. That feels very different from painting on a canvas. And the type of paper that you're drawing or painting on makes a difference too. They, they all have a different feel to them. And when you're drawing, painting, writing, you, you sense that feel through your pen or your pencil. And I think that's part of what Apple's going to do with their stylus. They're, they're going to create a stylus that can simulate different types of textures. And they'll do it through uh, haptic feedback. So it'll have like the, the little taptic sort of engines that are inside the, the Apple Watch. And then that can also serve as a sort of an alert thing. So when you get a pop-up dialogue on screen that, that would otherwise have an alert tone with it, you can get a vibration back through the stylus as well. I think Apple is looking to make a stylus that is more than a, a pointing device. They're looking to make a stylus that becomes an interactive part of your tablet interface and experience. So basically, by having a larger screen, they're taking you one step beyond the Wacom tablet, where the graphic artist has a full palette with this multiple-purpose stylus of creating artwork, and they have a screen large enough to be able to physically work on documents. And I assume with the new multitasking of iOS 9, you add all that together, 
And it could create a new climate for new apps that would cater to this market. Absolutely. You see, I got it all right. You nailed it. Yeah. And I think it's very exciting where this can go. A lot of people, I think they, they look at what Microsoft has done with the Surface tablet and they think, Microsoft already did this. Why are people getting excited about what Apple will do? Well, I think it's because when Apple comes into a game like this, they figured out how to do it in a different way. They figured out how to do it in a way that they feel is better. And by and large, when they come into a market, they have figured out how to do it differently and better. So I'm thinking whatever it is that Apple does with its larger screen tablet will be significantly different from what Microsoft has done with their Surface tablet. It also gives another weapon in the arsenal for the IBM salespeople to offer to businesses. Say, look, we have this larger tablet that can be used for industrial design with a special stylus and other purpose for it. Mm -hmm. And they can sell hundreds of thousands or millions that way. Sure. And there are a lot of people, at least from my experience, that are very, very interested in having this larger tablet and having something that has a higher resolution sensor built into the screen. What what I mean by that is right now, if you use a stylus that has a fine tip on it, so it looks more like a like a ballpoint pen tip. There there's circuitry in the pen that tricks the the iPad into thinking that that tip is actually four millimeters wide, which is actually the smallest resolution that the screen is designed to register, which matches up with fingertips. So when you use these fine point styluses and you draw diagonal lines on your screen, they're wavy. That's not something these companies have, that are making these styluses have been able to overcome. And that's because the resolution of that sensor grid that tells where you're, you're tapping or sliding on, on the screen, it's just too coarse. So Apple can increase the resolution of that sensor grid, and that makes a whole lot of other things possible, including straight diagonal lines with fine point styluses. So you fully expect this fall there will be an iPad Pro, there will be a stylus. I think the likelihood is very high. I'm expecting that we're going to get an announcement about a big screen iPad, the iPad Pro, of this fall. I don't know if it'll be at the September rumored September event for the iPhone launch or if it will be a separate event a little later on. But the information that's coming out now makes it sound like Apple is going to start producing this new tablet uh, in mass in September and then ship it in October. Which now, I would think cool. here that Apple wouldn't want to put too many things on the table for an iPhone announcement. They normally do not. Sometimes they put too many things in there. But I think Apple would rather emphasize a specific product line with maybe a few side things, and that's it. So having a separate event would make sense. About yep. Apple TV, that's another story. Where would you put that? Would it be part of your September event or your October event? You know... I'm inclined to to put it in the September event. And the the reason being is because with the iPhone announcement, they can talk about new new App Store features at the same time. And assuming the new Apple TV has App Store support, then it just becomes a uh, an easy tie-in there. 
and they they can get that announced and get that out the door. Plus, it's been a really long time since we've had an Apple TV update, so it's about time. And I think enough people are really champing at the bit for this announcement that uh, it, it would be a smart strategic move for Apple just to, to roll Apple TV in with the new iPhone announcement. Well, be good for one more thing. It would be good for one more thing. Although they can't say that in uh, in Switzerland now. You know, I'm going to ask you about that in our next segment, okay? Okay. Just remember that we have Tech Night Owl Plus available at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. You get the ad-free version of this show, better quality audio for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. And the Tech Night Owl Minute's coming soon, plus.technightowl.com. More with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. That's disgusting. What's that smell? Roll down your window before I pass out. It's those nasty fish oil pills I've been taking. Why won't you just switch to Nutrigold fish oil like I did? It's fish oil. What's the difference? Well, my Nutrigold fish oil is sourced and manufactured right here in the USA. What's so special about that? Aren't they all? Are you kidding? Of course not. Only Nutrigold fish oil is 100% USA made, which is why it's so fresh. 100% product of USA and fresh? I like the sound of that. So no more fish burps? No more fish burps. And that's not all. If you go to www.fishoil.best and enter my fish oil, you can save $5 like I did. That won't be necessary. We can just share your bottle. Nice try. Get your own at www.fishoil.best fishoil.best. Sorry. Get rid of those fish burps for good. Go to Nutrigold's U.S. made fish oil products by going to www.fishoil.best and get $5 off by entering my fish oil at checkout. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. LibertyOnCall.org is a bold, innovative alternative, allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. LibertyOnCall.org. Call today. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. 
Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to idstronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit idstronghold.com today. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one Silver Solution. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. And you dropped a hint at the end of our previous segment. Speak up, sir. Okay, so this just came out in the last couple days. Swatch, the watchmaker, they got a trademark in Switzerland, which uh, keep in mind, I am not an attorney, although I have played one on stage. So I might be misinterpreting part of the, of the trademark. But on I've, stage? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've done some acting over the years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's probably someone out there that's like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing him on stage. Huh, how about that? Anyhow. All seven people listening right now. All seven people. So if only one has seen me perform on stage before that's like like uh what a seventh of the audience that that says a lot that's that's a, that's a lot of person anyhow so uh this this trademark that swatch got i believe does apply through all of europe but that but that's it so it's not like a worldwide trademark and the trademark is on the phrase one more thing which happens to be the line that Steve Jobs used over and over, made iconic. It's actually part of our pop culture now. And Tim Cook uses the line as well. At the end of a, of a keynote or a big media event, when the big surprise is going to be revealed, they, they drop the line, one more thing, and then show off whatever the big surprise is. Yes, but, but if it happens in the U.S., how would that impact there unless they prevent you from broadcasting the presentation? I don't think it's really going to even do that. If Apple uses the phrase in the United States, which they absolutely can, and then broadcasts their, their presentation worldwide, I don't think anyone can stop them from doing that. A patent on one more thing. Well, just a trademark. Okay, just a trademark. So well, maybe if, Apple can call them up and say, look, here's a million dollars, leave us alone. I don't even think Apple needs to do that. This feels to me more like, uh, like 
I hate to use the word childish, but I'm going to anyhow. It feels like a childish, petty move from a company that's actually a little scared. And I don't a little scared. Now, keep in mind, I don't have any insider information. I I don't have bugs planted in Swatch's executive offices. But I have a feeling that uh, they're a little scared, a little uptight about the state of the wristwatch market now that Apple is is playing in this field. And I think they have every reason to be concerned because when Apple comes into a new market, they come in as a game changer. And that's, I think, exactly what they're doing with Apple Watch. And when version two comes out, because this is how Apple works, we're going to have a watch that's even cooler and more exciting and more powerful than the one we have today. And And I think within two or three years, it will be standalone. You won't need an iPhone. I think you're right. Yes, I I think... I know I'm right. I know that Apple has that in their game plan. And technology isn't there yet, but it will be. And when it is, and when Apple feels like they can really do it right, then they will give us an Apple Watch that does not have to be a companion device to our iPhone. And that that should really have Swatch and other watchmakers worried. Well, they know Apple has a long ball game here. It's going to be a lot, even if the first year sales aren't terrific. Apple's not going to give it up. It's going to keep pushing and pushing. You know, even if Apple's first-year sales aren't terrific, they're already better than the rest of the smartwatch market combined. The first nine weeks, they were better. Right. And Apple is still selling watches. And And you know what? We have people saying, oh, the Apple Watch is a failure because in nine weeks, it sold better than anybody else in two years. But if Samsung had sold the same number of watches, it would have been declared an unmitigated success. That, I think, plays into the expectations that people have for Apple products. So we have 11 million people signing up for Apple Music in a little over a month. We have Spotify has 20 million members, but they've been around for, what, seven or eight years? Yep, that sounds about right. Yep. If they can do it in seven or eight years and Apple comes up with about half that number... In a single month, that's not very good, is it? Right now, we're at a, a place where I don't think it's fair to compare the numbers. And I, and I don't mean that just from Apple's perspective, but also from all the, these other companies. Because this is a brand new thing for Apple. And they're going up against companies that have been selling their services for years. And in Apple's case, right now, we're talking about stuff where people aren't having to pay for. So we need to get past that and then have a year or two of Apple in this market. And then let's start looking at the numbers and comparing them apples to apples, so to speak. I believe that it will exceed Spotify before the end of the year with paid customers. And then what are they going to say? Okay. So if Apple blows past Spotify within 12 months of Apple Music launching. I'm saying six. Okay. In in six months, excuse me, then at that point, we need to start doing our apples to apples comparisons. And Spotify needs to be really worried. And so does Pandora. Spotify is not a profitable company. It's living on venture capital, right? Yeah, it's not really a, a big revenue generating company. It's It gets by. Margins in the streaming music market are really slim. So it's really hard to make money in this space. The advantage Apple has is that it has this practically limitless 
well of money to to dip into whereas companies like Spotify do not so Apple can go into this for the long haul and it wouldn't surprise me if if Apple's projections for Apple Music were uh, looking at numbers to match Spotify after like 3 or 4 years but the way things are going it wouldn't surprise me if they are in line with Spotify six months to a year out. Kind of, sort of what I said. Yeah, kind of, sort of what you said. I, I think you you are a little bit more optimistic about Apple Music's growth rate than I am, but we're both very positive about that growth rate. I think when the new iPhones come out, they will push it a lot more as far oh, sure. as iOS 9. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, Apple Music excuse me, the music app, which has Apple Music support, is pre-installed on all of our iOS devices that are capable of running iOS 8.4. So it's, it's there. And, and that's a huge advantage for a company like Apple. And we saw this with Microsoft back in the web browser wars. Internet Explorer was just on everyone's computer. Therefore, that was the web browser people used. For Apple Music, the music app is on everyone's iPhone. Therefore, it's going to be the music serve. Apple Music will be the service people use, and uh, and it it's a path of least resistance. There are no additional apps you need to download. There are no other services you need to sign up for because this is linked to the Apple ID that you already have. It's it is a very easy service to get into, and it's a very easy path to go down to. Let's go down to this break. Jeff Gamut here. I'm Gene Steinberg. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. 
You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Owl Live talking about Apple Music and, of course, having the native mover advantage there where music is on your iPhone and your iPad and iTunes is on your Mac. And if you're looking for a music service, it's right there. 90-day free trial. What the heck? Give it a try. Maybe even have it on the uh, setup assistant. Hey, would you like to try Apple Music for 90 days for free? Oh, wow. There you go. Let's move to some other topics here. We talked about Adobe in an earlier segment with regard to a stylus, with regard to content creators. But there is something else in Adobe's arsenal that may be, and is clearly, as a matter of fact, dying, and that's Flash. Now, famously back in the early days of the iPhone, Steve Jobs wrote this blog entry of 1,500 or 1,700 words stating why Flash would never show up in the iPhone, and never did. At those early stages, it had a beta version of Flash on the Android phones, and they went away because they couldn't get it to work properly. 
But now you still have Flash on the desktop, but slowly, slowly disappearing. Tell us more, Jeff Gamet. All right. Well, first, I'm going to tell you a little story about about mobile Flash from days gone by. So I was uh, dealing with some people at Adobe, and th- this is when Adobe really, really wanted to to get mobile Flash to be a big thing, and they were blue in the face telling me about how horrible Steve Jobs is being and they had this perfectly good working version of Flash and it ran great on the iPhone and it was just horrible that Steve Jobs was uh, using monopoly power to block the market And, and I said you know I don't believe you but I want to so here's the deal I will hand you my iPhone and you put your beta version of Flash on here for for iOS and I don't care what it does to my phone. I don't care if I end up having to go buy a new iPhone next week because it's so broken. I want you to put it on here and I want you to show me how well this works. And that was the end of it. All of a sudden, no one was talking and there, there was no uh, offer to put Flash on my phone and uh, never heard another word about it after that. I thought that was kind of telling. You know, I had a couple of editorials at technightout.com where I said the same thing. I said, if Adobe believes that they can make Flash work successfully on iOS, show us a prototype, show us a demonstration, prove it. They never did. No, we we never saw it. And uh, Flash has been losing its relevancy for years now. I I think the big turning point for the general public was Steve Jobs' open letter to Adobe that that you mentioned. And other companies have followed suit and have been dropping Flash support for various reasons. One of the reasons being the security issues that that we've been uh, dealing with over the years have become so much of a problem that web browsers now typically have a feature built into them to disable Flash. And the big one now is Google Chrome having a feature where it disables what Google calls non-essential Flash. So that means if the web interface that you're looking at requires Flash to work, then that Flash will be allowed to run. Anything else will not. So that means Flash-based ads won't appear and other Flash-based content won't appear either. But the big thing is no Flash-based ads will show up. So for companies that have been relying on their eye-catching Flash-based video content for web advertising, that, that just kills that market for them. And, uh, and so now, the latest in this game, let's see, well, we already have uh, Google saying that they're not going to support Flash. Uh, YouTube has has been phasing out Flash for quite a while. Facebook has been phasing out Flash. And uh, and then, of course, we have Apple who's been doing this for, for quite a while. Facebook now is calling for web browser developers to collaborate and choose a kill date where on a certain date, they shut off all Flash support and don't allow it anymore. And, I mean, that's a pretty big statement. And then now we have Amazon sending out uh, a notice to the companies that use Amazon for advertising that they can no longer use Flash-based content starting September 1st. And I think the straw that broke that figurative camel's back was when Google changed the Chrome browser so that it does the the non-essential Flash is blocked thing. 
That's yeah, I should point out that in our site for the novel Attack of the Rockoids at rockoids.com, we do have a Flash intro. And the reason it's still there is because I need some help in translating that video to HTML5. So if anyone wants to help me out, I would be happy to get rid of Flash. There are also a couple of other Flash items on there. The faster we get rid of it, the better. I'm only too happy to give up on Flash. And I remember when that site was developed in the early 2000s, we had a web developer at the time who said, oh, Flash is the bee's knees. you got to have it everywhere. Flash, Flash, Flash. I haven't heard from him in 10 years. Yeah, well... That sounds about right. Yeah, about 10 years ago, all of a sudden, uh, Flash developers weren't the cool people anymore. And it was crazy. It was almost like an overnight change. But when uh, your developer all those years ago said, hey, you know, you need to have Flash and all this stuff, that was just standard operating procedure for website development. And in Adobe's defense, it was really easy to create a lot of these web interface elements in Flash and to make them look really good. So, of course, there were a lot of people that were developing in Flash for websites because they could make good stuff without having to uh, spend more time than was really necessary. The problem is that it, it was a dead-end path and a lot of people didn't see that. The death of Flash. What do you think? Another couple of years, it's gone pretty much? I think that within three years, we'll, we'll be looking at websites. And today, you know, we'll, we'll see a blank spot on a site. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's where the Flash content goes. In about three years, the, the, gen, the general reaction will be, oh, why is there an empty spot? Did, did this page not render correctly? And people won't realize that it's missing Flash content. I don't think Flash is going away, and I'm okay with that, believe it or not. I think that that Flash is finding a new life that's going to be more appropriate for what it is. And I'm basing this on things that Adobe has said over the past few years and some of the changes that I've seen happening in their own apps. I think Flash is going to find a place where it's better suited, which will be things like kiosks where you have a completely self-contained environment where you need to have some sort of interaction with the public. And I think Flash can serve a really good purpose there. So it won't be on your computers and, it, and clearly won't be on your mobile devices, but there will be kiosks that, that you interact with out in public, in stores, uh, at malls, amusement parks, where you get a really interesting interface that, uh, that seems to work really well. That may very well be Flash. Why not do it with HTML5? You could, but if Adobe has the tools that are in place to help you make these very self-contained systems that don't require other servers so that they, they can be truly self-contained, then, uh, then Flash can be a really good option for that. So it's a question here of not going outside of your local network. Because as soon as you do, you get into all these other issues with Flash. Right. And in many cases, you wouldn't even be on a network. It would be completely self-contained. So it would be something like it's doing a presentation at a car dealership. And sure. And it's a self-contained device. Right, right there. It's not hooking up to anything. It's not going to a local network. It's not going online. The death of Flash or the morphing of Flash 
into something that some people will still use, but it's never going to be what it was before. Right. Jeff Gamut, is he what he was before? I don't know. I'm Gene Steinberg. I can tell you, I have no idea. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com we the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government? Be truly independent. Visit libertyoncall.org. Libertyoncall.org is a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Libertyoncall.org. Call today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to The Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. If you're tuning in late to one of the radio stations that carries the show, earlier on we have... Adam Ace of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and we talked a lot about car technology. Okay, let's get on to some more stuff here. And this is something that you were talking about just today, you and your fellow travelers, about Apple from the Mac Observer, and that is Apple's neglected products. Yes. Okay, so we all know about the iPhone and the iPad, more or less, and Macs and everything like that, and certainly the iTunes Store and Apple Music. Apple TV, we don't see ads for it, so maybe that's a neglected product. Uh, Yeah, I'd say Apple TV is a neglected product right now, but I think that's going to change in a couple weeks. The last big update we had for Apple TV was at least a couple years ago. 2012. For Mm -hmm. three, three and a half years now, the Apple TV has been exactly the same in hardware, the software has undergone changes. We're talking here of what? About iPhone 4 level? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's so limited compared to other products on the market today. It's really hard for people to justify buying an Apple TV unless their entire media watching experience is limited just to Apple content, which for some people that's true. For a lot of people, no. There are other places for content to come from. Sometimes people will use a device like that for Netflix. But virtually every new TV set has a smart feature with apps. You get Netflix. Right. You buy a DVD player or Blu-ray player, it's got Netflix. You get a new toaster, it has Netflix. Well, that's pushing it. Uh, Only a little. Netflix is on pretty much every single internet-connected device with a screen. Yeah, so you don't need to get an Apple TV for Netflix. They did reduce the price of Apple TV to $69 to keep it going Ahead of the new model. And that's a thing there. Maybe Apple should have gotten out a newer model faster. Maybe they were hoping to have a TV service. Maybe they were hoping for iOS 9 first because there will be features taken from there. All right. Other than Apple TV, what's being neglected in Apple's arsenal? The Airport Express and Airport Extreme? Yes, they've both been neglected. The The last time we had an update to Airport Extreme was in uh, 2013. I think June of 2013. That's so with we, the establishment of 802.11.ac. Right. And that's, yeah, so so that's the uh, the little tower-shaped Airport Extreme. It's very limited compared to what some other devices can do, but only on a software level. Well, for the most part, the hardware that's in an Airport Extreme is really good. So it's been hobbled through software. Apple could do a software update to the current Airport Extreme 
and make it far more useful to a lot of people. It could self-update when when software patches come out. It could offer a better network management, meaning the wireless signal, like uh, Google's just announced OnHub. It will monitor signal strengths and automatically hop channels on your Wi-Fi network to ensure that you have the, the best signal strength and, and the least amount of interference. Now, that's a big issue here, especially in the lower frequency range, because you have lots of devices using Wi-Fi frequencies. And yes. maybe your neighbor is, and the neighbor is, you know, 100 feet away. There's your neighbor. And if they're interfering with your signal, you get hit or miss, it slows down. And you think here, you have an auto setting in your airport utility software. But it's not really automatic in the sense that it could just channel hop on the go for reception problems, is it? No, is it not in the sense that, at least on paper, the way Google's OnHub is going to do. There's a lot that Apple could do to make the software for Airport Extreme more robust. And I would love to see them do that. It would be cool if you could plug in an Airport Extreme and it auto-configures. Right now, you have to have Apple's airport uh, utility app on a device so that you can configure your uh, base station when you go to set it up. Now, it's a fairly simple setup. They take you through it in about one minute. But why even have to do that? You see, the biggest problem with any of these routers is that they require some manual configuration. Apple does it better than almost anybody else. Now, what about this GoHub from Google? Is it totally automatic? It's as totally automatic as you can make it. At, at least that's how they're making it sound right now. They're not shipping for a couple more weeks. So we may have to revisit this after after they actually come out. So I believe the place where it's going to stop for you is when you get to the to the part where you need to uh, to create a network name and then put a password onto your network. And other than that, it just handles everything else. It has a lot more information that it can give you about your network, but you don't have to worry about ever looking at it if you don't want to. Plus, it has protocols built in so that it can support several different smart home network setups. There are a few different setups that companies are using for their smart home devices. So this can become the single bridge for several different types of like smart switches for lights and thermostats and wall outlets and all these different little smart devices that people are adding to their homes. So that's kind of cool. It becomes an all-in-one place for setting up everything that is connected through your network or to the internet. Now, I would think Apple here would probably at this point want to wait till the next revision in 802.11 technology, which I think is going to be next year. And maybe then they will come out with something with more intelligent software. I mean, as you say, they could do it now. Yeah, what they could do now is give us more intelligent software and then next year give us refined hardware with the specs for the, for the new Wi-Fi uh, protocols, then it's the best of both worlds. We, we get a much more powerful base station, almost like getting a full-on upgrade with nothing more than a software update. And then next year, we get even better hardware. This is something I would like to see Apple do. Now, supposedly, what I'm seeing here is that there'll be a wave to 802.11 AC, which mm -hmm. is going to offer a range of 7 to 10 gigabits in performance. That's the next stage and after that will be 802.11 AX, 
So there's a point here where it's pretty close now. You're not going to need wired Ethernet anymore. You barely need it now with the best routers. You'll never need it again. We need to get this information taken care of. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. Oh, sure. I'm at MacObserver.com, along with a lot of other great writers. So you can go and check out the articles we're writing there and the podcasts that we're recording. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut, and it's always fun to talk with people online. And then also Fresh Brew Tales, where I talk about the interesting things and sometimes crazy things that I see people do in coffee shops. You can find us on Twitter, by the way, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. If you want to find Gene Steinberg on Facebook, there's a guy there who wears a plaid shirt that will never change. I still own it. The picture is a few years old. But if that's the guy you see, it's me, for better or worse. Mighty sharp looking. You like that shirt? Yeah, I think it totally works for you. You see, I'll never give it up. I'm 400 years old now. Never give up the shirt. We also have a special feature of Tech Night Owl called Tech Night Owl Plus. And what is that? Well, it's very simple. It's a premium service. You pay a small subscription fee to get an ad-free version of the show where we kill 41 minutes of network ads, give you higher quality audio. And it's available for a modest annual five-year and even a monthly subscription rate. The monthly rate is $5 a month, by the way. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com, and you'll learn more about it. We're going to institute a new feature of the show called your Tech Night Owl Minute, exclusively for Tech Night Owl Plus members. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. This week, our guest co-host is a fellow named Kurt Collins. We'll feature a very well-known blogger on all things paranormal who calls himself Red Pill Junkie. Don't assume the wrong thing. He's a really cool guy. Check Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com to find out more about that other radio show. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. It's always a blast to get to come on. So thanks. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.